0: We would like to welcome you this morning to Mission Bible Fellowship as Pastor Stuart Guthrie brings a message from God's Word. We hope it challenges, encourages, and strengthens your walk with the Lord. Father, we do come this morning thankful for who you are and how you've loved us and how you've bought us the price of the life of Jesus. We do thank you for the freedom we have in America to to worship on Sunday morning freely. And Lord, we thank you for all the many people that have gathered here this morning. And We pray that this message would penetrate our hearts. Lord, I know this message is a message that we can all learn from. And Lord, I just pray this morning that you would comfort those that are not able to be here. Lord, give them strength, heal them. And I just ask, Lord, this morning we be in pleasing in your sight. I ask that you fill me and empower me this morning, that the Holy Spirit, that you might speak the truth through me. And I ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Last week, we stepped away. If you're visiting, we've been through the book of Galatians, but it was Mother's Day last week, and so we talked about discouragement. This week, we're going to get back into the book of Galatians and look at the life of Paul and the churches at Galatia. If you remember, we've looked at the outline of Galatians. And we began by the introduction. And within the introduction, verses 1 to 9, we saw two things. Paul's greeting and Paul's instructions to his audience. And so the first five verses, we looked at the person of Paul, who Paul was, his apostleship, as his position. And then we learned about the place of Paul's ministry, which was the churches of Galatia. And then we saw the presentations of Paul's greeting as he shares the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then we came to Paul's instructions to that very audience there in Galatian of those churches as we saw Paul was perplexed he he was upset he was dis- disturbed about these men and women that were leaving the gospel for another gospel. And then we saw the principle of Paul and how that was simply there was but one gospel. And then we saw the proposition of Paul that sometimes, I believe, can be very hard for us even today to swallow. And I know for them was hard to swallow. As he said, those who teach a different gospel other than what we taught as your apostles are to be accursed. And so now, finally, in verse 10 to chapter 2, verse 21, we're going to begin to look at Paul's defense, his personal defense. And now Paul, we will see, begins to defend his faith as an apostle. But here, he wants to start out by making something clear. He wants to clarify a main idea of this passage of Scripture today. It's not a big portion of Scripture, it's a very small portion, and so if you will, let us begin by turning to the book of Galatians. We'll be looking at one verse this morning, Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. He says this, For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. As we read this short text of Scripture this morning, there are really two things that I think stand out in our text today. Number one is we need to know who we are serving. We need to know who we're serving, and secondly, we need to know how we are serving. Really, you can narrow those down in our humanity, three different kinds of people that exist within our world today. The first person, the first kind of person that exists would be that kind of me-pleaser. And so, I've named this sermon title, Me, Men, or Master. Master. And the first person that we're going to look at today is the me-pleaser. The second kind of person that we will be looking at would be man-pleasers, and the last kind will be a master-pleaser. Another name for these people could be called a self-centered person, a people-pleaser, or a God-pleaser. Me-pleasers, self-centered people, can be called selfish People. And they are really all about themselves. I think we can all struggle with this at some point in our lives. We can all have a desire to to be about ourselves in life. And there is really no room for others and their thoughts and their ideas. And the definition here of selfishness is simply placing concern with oneself or one's own interest above the well-being or interest of others. It's a very common factor in our daily lives that we live in. Really, Scripture tells us that it will be like this in the last of the last days. And so, if you haven't experienced this kind of person, Scripture says as we approach the last of the last days, we will begin to see more and more of these people exposed. And so Second Timothy 3, two says, For there will be men who will be lovers of self. There will be lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, and unholy. And really one example that sticks out to me, that is widespread across America today, is the consumerism that's been brought into the churches of Jesus Christ. And each of us have been infiltrated with this world of consumerism. We want what we want, and we want it now, and we want it how we want it, and we want it now. Because most of the time, in our daily lives, we can live that way. We can have things right away, we can have the things we want in life immediately. Because we've been infiltrated with a world of consumerism. We can get a faster internet, we can get cell phones, we can get what we want off of those cell phones. And now we can even talk to our cell phones. You know, many times I talk to my cell phone asking it silly questions just to hear the response that it gives me. And it actually is pretty smart. And now I don't even have to think. I just ask my phone a question and it gives me the answer. We live in a time and in a world of consumerism. And I think C.S. Lewis had it right when he said this. At this very moment, you or I are either committing selfishness or about to commit selfishness or are repenting of it. It is consistent in our lives, selfishness. If you haven't been selfish this week, give it a few days. Maybe you'll come across a time in which you will experience that. We all struggle with selfishness. If we think we're above it, we're fooling ourselves. We live in a time in which we want things to be just the way we want them. And so we buy jeans that fit just right, that look right, that fit the style in which we want to portray. We buy pens that fit us. You know, I carry a pen. And, and I don't know about you, but I'm pretty particular about my pen. I don't want a pen that's too big. I, I, I want a pen that's perfect. I want the right fine point, you know, like zero, zero point 00.8 on the, on the pen. And so, you know what kind of pen you like this morning. But we are in a life of consumerism. We choose stores that fit us. They have everything that we want. We listen to a certain type of music that fits us. We live in a world that can be all about ourselves. They make it that way so that they can sell us on things and make us happy. But many times, this consumerism leaks within the church of Christ. And we are then challenged with consumer expectations. So the church then all of a sudden feels like it has to please everybody within the congregation. And so churches and leaders and pastors struggle with this consumerism that's leaking to the church. And it's all rooted really in selfishness. Well, I only have a 10-minute attention span, pastor, and so I really want you to give me a 20-minute message. I want a seat that fits comfortable under my bottom so I can be comfortable as I sit. There must be the right kind of cream in our coffee. Don't talk about things that make me uncomfortable. Really, I don't want to hear those things. Give me something that's going to make me feel good. Not things that are going to call me to repentance. I only want contemporary music, Pastor. Pastor, I don't want hymns. And then the other side says, well, I only want hymns. I really don't want contemporary music. That's my kind of thing and, and that's what I want. That's what I'm comfortable with. And in some churches, not ours, we, we, they struggle with, we want lasers and we want smoke and, and we want all of these beautiful graphics that grab the attention of people and draw them into the churches. And really and truly, if we're going to be honest, There's nothing wrong with those things, are there? I don't know about you, but I enjoy sitting in a nice, comfortable seat. I don't know about you, but I enjoy the type of music that I like. I enjoy having PowerPoint presentation and a few graphics here and there. I like having a certain creamer (laughs) in my coffee, which I don't drink anymore. But when I did drink coffee, it was Coffee Mate Original. And so when the church didn't have it, I went and bought it and brought it to my office. The reality is, all of those things aren't bad. It's the question of the heart. It's the question of the heart. All of these things can become acts of selfishness. And we can all be that way at sometimes within our life. It's how our world runs. You know, if, if Delta delays me, guess what, next year I'm going to fly U.S. Air. Like it's gonna be any different. They're all late. They're never on time, none of them. Sometimes, there you go. We got an airplane man back there used to work for one of these companies, and he's, you know, taking sides with them and all, you know. <laughs> all of these things are acts of selfishness. If the music isn't just what we want, we'll go to another worship service. If I don't like the preaching of this certain pastor. I'll go find one that fits me. And all of these are very real examples of how consumerism, selfishness leaks within the church of God. And we have to be careful. Everyone is tempted with selfishness. The second kind of person that we find within our world today is that kind of person that feels they need to please everybody. And so we see the man pleaser. People pleasers do everything they can to keep people happy. And so really in one sense, if we're going to get to the core of it, there's a selfishness involved in that. But the difference between the me-pleaser and the man-pleaser is that the me-pleaser, their focus is on being accepted. Their focus... Is because they have some kind of fear of rejection. Maybe these men pleasers would be the ones that, when asked to do something, they would do anything they were asked because they were scared to lose respect of the other people. And so maybe those people who are people pleasers a lot of times overcommit themselves to things, even to the point of being physically distressed. You know, I heard a story of a lady on the internet who, you know, I went online and looked up what different types of, what was people pleasing and what were some actual things. And I listened to this lady's story and she said, I have an addiction with people pleasing so much so that I travel to this lady's house every day of the week to clean her house when mine is trashed. And on top of that, I finally decided to hire someone to come clean my house. You see, the problem with people-pleasing is it hurts us. It's a life that's difficult. Living a life trying to please everyone can be a stressful, filled life to live. And really, it's an unattainable goal, an unrealistic expectation. If we tried to please everybody, we would never get anything done. And so living life, trying to be that way is not realistic. I like what Michael Youssef said in his commentary on the book of Galatians, because it really makes a lot of sense. He said this, he said, People pleasers are easily offended. They don't take constructive criticism well, because any criticism feels like rejection to them. And so if we were to approach a a person that was a man-pleaser, a people-pleaser, and we said something to the the effect of something like this, this may be a better way of doing this, they would not hear that, they would hear something else, something like this. Well, I don't like the way that you did it, and I reject you. And so it can be a very difficult life. A lot of times, many people-pleasers are miserable people. Because they can't please everybody. No matter how hard they try. They often get offended. They get hurt. And many times they stop serving. And many times they walk away from the church. Because if you haven't experienced life in church, let me tell you, everyone has another way to do it. And you know what? That's not a bad thing. Because every single one of you have a brain that God created you Specifically for a purpose, and you know what? Your ideas are really good. They're really good. And that's just the body of Christ, filled with people who are created to think creatively outside of the box. And there are many ways to do things. The third type of person that exists in the world is the master pleaser. Now let me clarify real quick, because as I said that, I thought about it. There's only one master. When I say master, I mean Jesus Christ. I mean God, Jehovah, Yahweh. Because many people in our culture, their master is, this, is the devil. And that's not what I'm referring to. The third type of person that exists in the world today is the one who serves the master, either the Lord or the devil. The person that has decided that he or she would no longer focus on themselves or will no longer focus on trying to make everyone happy, but have made a decision to place their focus and their pleasing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul this morning, listen, I would submit to you, was a God pleaser. He was a man after God's heart. He wanted to please the Lord no matter what. No matter what happened to him. This is the kind of man Paul was. And so with that in mind, the first thing we need to understand is we need to know who we are serving. In this passage of Scripture, Paul wants us all, and those of the Galatian church era, to understand that he is a God-pleaser. He's not about himself, he's not about man, but he's all about God. And so Paul starts here in the first part of Galatians chapter 1 verse 10 as he says, For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? He starts out with a rhetorical question. He wasn't looking for an answer. He knew the answer to the question. Am I seeking the favor of men or of God? And really man includes ourselves... And so Paul could have said, am I serving myself or am I serving others? This morning I think it's important that we ask ourselves, are we seeking in our lives the favor of men or of God? Do we look to what man wants or do we look to what God wants? Paul here has begun the process of defending himself that he is seeking the favor of God. He says this, listen, in light of the perplexity against you men out there who are choosing to accept a different gospel for another so-called good news, do you think that I'm seeking the favor of men because I admonished you pretty strong? Or do you think I'm seeking God? Do you believe that I'm telling you if there's anyone preaching to you another gospel that he is to be accursed. Do you think I'm trying to please man or God? He's not trying to please man, but God. We live in a time when there are many who seek after man. They dumb down the Word of God to try to attract people and not to, to be offensive. In the lives of people, but let me remind you that people pleasers, has it ever occurred to you? People pleasers don't get martyred. They don't get martyred. They don't get persecuted for their faith. They don't get harassed. They don't get mocked and laughed at and judged and called a Bible thumper because their focus is so much on pleasing others that they fail to please God. Paul has accusers here that must have been claiming that he was the one dumbing down the gospel. They are accusing him of being the one who's softening the word of God. These Judaizers were calling Paul a a people pleaser. And they were trying to put together uh, that he they were claiming that he was trying to put together a gospel that was more palatable for man, for these Gentiles. And the Jewish people, if you remember, they they wanted these Gentiles to be circumcised, to to live under the law, to, to celebrate certain festivals. But really, when we get to the core of the matter, the center of the issue, these Judaizers were the ones that were being people pleasers. Because they didn't want to be the ones persecuted for believing and teaching faith alone in Jesus Christ. And Paul says it best later in the book of Galatians in chapter 6, verse 12. He says, Those who desire to make a good showing in the flesh try to compel you to be circumcised simply so that they will not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. Paul understood what it was to be a people pleaser when he was Saul. Saul, if you remember, was a persecutor of Christians. He traveled around persecuting Christians here and there and he even hounded them in distant cities of foreign lands, it says in Acts chapter 26. And later in this chapter, he will go in more detail as he expounds on his defense. But Paul was a people pleaser when he was Saul. He persecuted these Christians and did what he did to make a name for himself, so that he could be considered high among his sect, among his religious group. And really, that's what people pleasers do sometimes. They knock down those of the faith that are trying to to live holy lives, that are standing on the Word of God alone for truth, and they mock and they backbite so that they can feed off of one another these people pleasers and they can have their happy little sect or group. And it's destructive. It's destructive. But Paul, he is a changed man. He's a different person. He's not the same man that he was when he was Saul, when God came and regenerated his heart and changed him and sent him out on mission. And he lives his life under the authority of God, desiring his people to be (coughs) God-pleasers. Paul says here in 1 Thessalonians 4, when he says this, Finally then, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus Christ, as you received from us instruction, as how you ought to walk and please God, just as you actually do walk that you excel still more. Paul understood many of his people lived their lives to please God, but he wanted to encourage them to do more, to still excel more. Paul was grateful that he was no longer a servant of man, but of God. And so again, we see another question, not about the favor, but about pleasing. And so we see in the second part of verse 10 it says, "Or am I ple- am I striving to please man?" When you and I live our lives to please people, we fail in pleasing God. Now there are two things that I uh, now there are are things that I believe that we can please both man and God, right? I mean, that's that's just logical. When we do things that God calls us to do, it can be pleasing to both man and pleasing to God. That's not what I'm talking about. Don't draw the wrong conclusion in which I'm saying that you can never please a brother and sister in Christ and still please God. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about something different that's selfish, that's inner, that's trying to please man and not God, stepping outside of the Word of God to make people happy and feel comfortable. That's what I'm talking about. When God says, love your neighbor, when you love your neighbor, I feel certain that your neighbor can can be pleased. And so can God. When the Word says, consider others better than yourselves, that could be both pleasing to man and to God. But the key factor is that what we are doing, first and foremost, is directed by God through His Word. That's what Paul was doing. And that's unlike what these Judaizers were doing. They were stepping out outside of the scope of salvation by grace alone, by faith alone, and adding to it works. And Paul says, I have nothing to do with that. That's man-pleasing. I'm going to please God, and I'm going to preach the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that Christ alone is our salvation. I'm sure that his message was not easy for those to take in Galatia. I mean, think about it. They had bought into a false gospel. They had bought into something that was fake, that was phony. And here, this apostle comes onto the scene and was saying, you're wrong, and the people who are teaching you are wrong, and they are to be accursed. But remember, Paul is being directed by God. Just like we ought to be directed by God's word. There are too many things out there for us to buy into this morning. There are too many things that that we can get involved in that are not of God and that they're from man. But when we buy into what God says, listen, sometimes you will not be the most popular person, you won't be popular. They didn't martyr popular people. Oh, you were popular, but on the other end of the spectrum. You were the one mocked and laughed at and judged and talked bad about. When we follow God, sometimes we're not popular among men. But like Paul, let us remember that we are out to please God. Through this journey that God has called us to this race that he has laid before us we are called to be God pleasers not men pleasers man won 't be there when you as an individual stands before the judgment seat of Christ, God will be there in all of those people that we try to impress into pretty up the gospel and try to decorate it to please them, and we do things that are not in the scope of Scripture, they won't be there, God will be. And we'll have to answer to God for what we've done. And so the second thing that we need to know is how we are serving. How is it that you are serving? Are we serving this morning a little of man and a little of God or are we serving all of God or all of man? Galatians 1.10, the last part here, section C says, If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. I wouldn't be a bondservant of Christ. If you were living life this morning trying to please man, I to always make everyone happy, then you can't be a servant of God because you can't serve two masters. One person said it this way, and I thought it was appropriate. He says, The one who trims his sails to every breeze of opinion and bias cannot be a servant. As a due loss, as a servant of Christ, we must be willing, listen, to fully surrender our lives to Jesus Christ. And when we know that Scripture tells us something, we better stand on it, regardless of who likes it or doesn't like it, because that's our responsibility as servants of Christ, as due losses. And when we do that, we live our lives and give action to our Master, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. This, this Greek word doulos is a slave. A bondservant was a slave. Now many times in those days, <clears throat> there were slaves that had been given quite large responsibilities. They, they had control of many things, but this came about with great responsibility. But really their lives Those who had been given that responsibility were given 100% obedience to their master. They followed not people, but their masters. We were bought with the price. You know, many say salvation is free. It's a free gift. It is a free gift. But somebody paid the price, and it was Jesus Christ. He bought us with His blood. And if we're going to be a slave of Christ, then what must we do? We must die to ourselves and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul is acting out right here as he begins to, to defend his apostleship. He's going back to what we talked about last week and he's saying, listen, there's no way I can be trying to please man or I would have not called you to the carpet. I wouldn't have pointed out that you are to accursed all these people, but I am a God follower. And this is why I follow the Lord. Now those were those slaves in that time, in that day, that, that tried to, to play the game. You know, if, if, you've ever been, if you've ever owned a business, if you've ever worked in a business where you had to run people, Just like people, so slaves were the same way. They were to serve the master. And so, on the outside, they looked like, yes, we're we're servants. We're servants of our master. But when the master left, they played. Uh, Have you ever had workers like that? Have you ever worked around somebody like that? When the boss leaves, it's game time. Let's just slow down, you know. Let's don't dig a hole. Let's, Let's just feather this thing a little bit longer. Well, those who were slaves in that day just the same way. And just like many do in the name of Christianity today. And that's why we see here in Ephesians 6, chapter 6, verses 5 to 6, he says this, Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and with trembling, in, in, in the sincerity of your heart. As to Christ, not by the way of eye service as men pleasers, but as as slaves of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. You noticed how many times we hear the word heart in that passage? Because our service to the Lord Jesus Christ is a heart matter. I can't look at you and judge what's in your heart, only God can. You can't look at me and judge what's in my heart, only God can. But notice that it's from the heart we do the will of God. That we're not people pleasers. That we're not servants of man, but of God. Not that we are seen by men. We can act like God pleasers, but the Lord Jesus Christ knows what's in our hearts. And He knows the hearts of man and our ways are never hidden from the Lord Jesus Christ. He knows who we are truly serving as we claim to be Christians. And many times, people in the public know who you claim to serve by the way you live your life outside of the church building. And many times we come to church and 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 people say, How you doing? Well, I'm doing great. You always hear me that if I had if I got any better I'd have to walk backwards just to do it again. That you know what, typically that's not true. There are things in my life that, that I'm trying to cover up that I don't necessarily want you to be burdened with. And that's the way it is across everybody. Everybody has issues. Everybody has struggles. And we come to church to be regenerated, to be encouraged, and to be challenged to live lives of godliness and to pray for one another and to to seek each other. And so when we begin to ask each other, How are you doing? say, No, 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 no. Really, how are you doing? Take time, set aside, and ask that person, how are you really doing this morning? I want to know how's your relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to know how you've been studying the Word of God. How is your family? Is your children all right? Let's get deep with this thing instead of being on the surface level. But notice, it's about the heart. It's all about the heart. Let us not forget what Matthew says, brothers and sisters. He says this, No one can serve two masters, for either I will, he will hate one and love the other, or will be devoted to one and despise the other. We can't please both man and God unless we're doing what God has called us to do, and it will automatically please man. In those who are not pleased by what God's Word says, they're just not ready yet. You can't expect them to be pleased. They're going to get discouraged. They're going to get frustrated. They're going to get angry. They're going to say you're narrow-minded. The truth is, we're called to please God and not man. As a slave to Christ as Paul was, he understood that, that, that he was not placed in the position and had the authority of apostle to please men or to strive for acceptance, but to be sold out for Jesus Christ. We can't serve both man and God. We have to be devoted completely to the Lord Jesus Christ in His ways, not only as individuals, but as a group, as a body of Christ as well. If Paul was trying to be a man-pleaser instead of a master pleaser, instead of pleasing the Lord Jesus Christ, then his message would be fake and false. His claims would have no value at all. But Paul was a God pleaser. He desired to please his master. Shouldn't we desire to do the same as our brother Paul? Maybe today you're here and you've never even trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So expecting to please God would be impossible. At least until you place your faith in Jesus Christ. Who bought you with His own life. With His own blood there on Calvary. Believe the gospel this morning. The death, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. For the gospel is the power to save men. Not pleasing people. Not doing something special but putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then, then we can begin the process of becoming God-pleasers. Will it be me? We have to ask. Will it be man? We have to ask. Or will it be our Master, our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ? This morning, let us repent of any me-pleasing, Trust me, I had to do my fair share in my office this week. Let us repent of any man-pleasing that exists within our lives so that we can get focused on pleasing the Lord Jesus Christ and become the man of God, the woman of God, the child of God that He has called us to be. And next week we're going to hear the defense of Paul and his apostleship. Let us pray.